Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Sam. Welcome. Thank you. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Stuck at the office or traffic jam. Time to take it easy with Alyssa and Sam. Is that show you know? A pro. Okay, today I'm, uh, I know everyone's sick of hearing about pregnancy and motherhood and stuff like that. I get it, but just bear with us for an hour. Okay, <laughs> here's the thing. When you get pregnant, most people, I would say, when you get pregnant, all you do is like research constantly. And then like you're always Googling new things that are coming up. And you just learn so much weird shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like every pregnant person is like, why did nobody tell me about this? But there's, so much even beyond like just like the painful symptoms and all that kind of crap i'm gonna tell you some facts today okay some some facts about the pregnancy about pregnancy about like after pregnancy a lot of the stuff a good portion of it revolves around breast milk which like you already know these facts because i've relayed them to you yeah but it's so interesting like i knew basically nothing about breast milk and now i feel like i know still basically nothing because there's so much to it well see it's interesting because like i really didn't like think too much about breast milk and like how how much like goes into it um but i remember when i was taking my um plant-based nutrition course they talked a lot about like the health impacts of humans drinking cow milk because cow milk is it's breast milk. it's meant for cows like mm-hmm. it's meant to build you know cows stronger like baby cows stronger and stuff like that um and so now when I'm reading through when I started reading through like human breast milk stuff I'm like oh yeah like this is you know the same thing like that your breast milk is like tailored to your baby which we'll talk about yeah um, <laughs> so in the portion talking about breast milk I'm going to be referencing a few different things um the one a lot of these facts are coming from the book Like a Mother, um, which is by Angela Garbs. Um, but you can also read an article that she wrote about breast milk. If you just search, the more I learn about breast milk, the more amazed I am, um, which is the article that she wrote that led to her writing this whole book. Uh, and then I'm also going to be referencing an article titled The Class Dynamics of Breastfeeding in the United States of America, which is by Corinne Pertill and Dan Kopf. Dan okay. Kopf. Yeah. Um, so first of all, Breast milk is made from proteins, sugars, and fats from the mother's blood supply. From the blood supply? Mm-hmm. Why is it white? Is it white? No, breast milk? golden, right? Well, colostrum, which is like <laughs> the first um, milk that comes out like right when your baby's born, which is higher in carbs and like lower in fat. Um, so that's <laughs> what you'll have. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was just thinking about like like diet culture (laughs) it's not keto (laughs) i'll put it that way (laughs) sorry go Uh, on um colostrum is more golden colored okay but then when you get your like mature milk eventually it's more kind of like white but it can change in color based on what you're eating and also like if your baby's sick or not okay which we'll get into as well okay um by the end of pregnancy your breasts can double in size I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Mine didn't actually grow at all. Like a lot of people were like, like messaging me being like, I have large boobs too. And like, I'm so scared. And I was like, I honestly like mine haven't grown. Like, I think a lot of people think they look bigger, but I think it's just because they're like resting on top of my belly. Okay. <laughs> but my, I'm still wearing the same bra size and everything. I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, 
uh, most people know this one, but uh, people can lactate when pregnant or as a new mother just from hearing a baby cry, even if it's not their own, which is oh. so weird. Yeah. I wonder if you could mimic that. Like, I wonder if I could, like, cry and you would just start lactating. I feel like it would need to be a baby cry. Yeah. Not just a... But what if it was, like, a YouTube video or something like that? Yeah. Really? If it's a baby, yeah. It can cause you to let down milk. Isn't that fucking crazy? Dude, our bodies are so sick. It's so weird. Um, what you can, What you eat can impact not only the flavor of your amniotic fluid... How did they? They did the they did the science, man. They <laughs> okay. did the science. Um, they found that women that ate a lot of carrots or drank a lot of carrot juice, their babies would enjoy carrot juice more. How <laughs> and stuff like that? Yeah, uh, and like garlic and stuff like that. Like that can go into the amniotic fluid and flavor it. So I'm like, my baby's gonna be like pickled like fucking garlic because all I eat is garlic. Gordon Ramsay would be so proud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, oh, Sam's really out here seasoning her amniotic fluid dude, for real. Um, but she doesn't uh, like a bland soup. <laughs> Ew. Gross. Sorry. Particularly gross because like amniotic fluid, especially towards the end of your pregnancy, is almost entirely sterile urine. Okay. Because they're just constantly peeing and drinking it and peeing and drinking it. So it's like garlic urine. Anyways, um, but uh, what you eat can impact the flavor of your breast milk as well, um, particularly with spicy food. Uh. And they did like a panel where people were um, trying different breast milks and people that had eaten spicy food, um, they described the breast milk as being like hot or peppery. Weird. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, I wonder... I wonder, well, no, I do know this actually, I think from you teaching me, like that's where you can get your taste for food so early on. Yeah, it's been suggested that this can help infants develop their own taste preferences. So interesting. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, And another interesting thing about that is that mothers uh, who who are vegetarians or vegans now, um, but ate meat when they were younger, will still have stores of fatty acids that are specific to animals. And then when that fat is used to create milk... The baby will receive those nutrients. Okay. Isn't that weird? Um, uh, this is like the most mind-blowing shit ever to me. So I first kind of started learning about this when I saw someone post um, on Twitter like a picture of like two different like bags of breast milk that they had. Mm-hmm. And one was like a whitish color and one was a different color. And they were like, this is breast milk from uh, when my baby was healthy. This is breast milk from when my baby was sick. And it was, like, clearly, like, visibly different. Um, and, like, all the people in the comment section was, like, yeah, like, I use, like, my breast milk for everything. Like, if my baby has, like, an eye infection, like, I put breast milk on it. If they have, like, eczema, I put breast milk on it. Like, it's, like, the duct tape of the <laughs> motherhood world. Yeah. Like, any issue, it's just, like, breast milk. Um, but the nutritional and immunological components of breast milk changes every day according to the individual needs of the baby. So because of this, breastfed babies have lower instances of colds and viruses, and they're able to recover quickly if they do get sick because the mother's body can produce the specific antibodies needed to fight off the illness. But how does your body know that your baby's sick? So when the baby suckles, mm-hmm. it creates a vacuum, and the vacuum um, then like pulls the infant's saliva back into the nipple. And there's also not just one hole in the nipple. There's like six or seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. Um, 
After the saliva is pulled into the mother's, the mother's body, um, receptors in the mammary glands can decipher signals inf- and information about the baby's health and trigger the production of the needed antibodies to be passed on to the baby through the milk. We're so sick. How fucking bizarre is that? Yeah. Like, it it makes sense, but it's also just, like, that's astounding to me. Yeah. Um, and so something that I thought was kind of cool is, like, how Angela Garbs, the author that I referenced at the beginning... Um, this was just a quote in her book that I thought was just really sweet and like whimsical. <laughs> um, she said, at the same time uh, that it is medicine, breast milk is also a private conversation between mother and child. When my daughter lacked words, breastfeeding made it possible for her to tell me exactly what she needed. Oh. Which is like, it's, it is cool because like, like if you have like a dog or a cat and they're sick, you just want so badly to be like, what, what do you need? Like, what do yeah. you need from me? <laughs> like, why are you sad? How can I help you? Um, and it's just interesting that like through breastfeeding, like that is, you're able to care for your child. Yeah. You know, as they need differently day to day because of that. It's just crazy. It's so interesting. I, I mean, the choice to breastfeed, um, is like a very personal decision. Mm -hmm. Um, I fully believe that fed is best. You know, if it's not something that's available to you, um, if you're not able to, you know, for a myriad of reasons, whatever. Um, Yeah, like if if I couldn't for some reason or whatever, like I would feed my baby. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But it is interesting to hear like so many different like cool things about breast milk as Mm -hmm. well. You know what I mean? Like the the I don't know. It's just because I didn't realize. Right. Like when I was growing up, I was kind of like. Eh, I don't know. I don't really know if I want a kid to like suck on my tit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I wasn't because I just didn't know. And like, if it's available to me, obviously, then I I will. Yeah. Because now I know like so much more about it. Um, but yeah, it's just so crazy. Yeah, I think it's just something that you don't really think about. Um, but yeah. I will say too, with formula, like they have made so many changes to formula. Like it's not what it used to be. They really try to. The more they learn about breast milk, they really try to mimic like how your breast milk changes throughout the growth of your baby Mm. in formulas and stuff so cool yeah um is it circadian rhythm or yeah oh is it okay um so milk also plays a role in regulating a a baby's circadian rhythm which is responsible for a sleep-wake cycle Mm -hmm. um when they're born they don't have the same concept of time as we do obviously yeah um and breast milk can help them understand our certain hours from others and night from day because the hormones in the breast milk are reflective of the mother's hormones. Oh. So the hormones that help facilitate sleep or waking up are present in your milk. That is very interesting. Isn't it? So like, I wonder, you know how um, you hear people talk about like night, the nighttime feeding and then their baby goes to bed right afterwards. Yes, I'm sure that it's like a comfort thing, mm-hmm. but also... I wonder if that's like a little shot of melatonin. It is. It's like <laughs> it's the hormones in the milk. So then like that helps them go to sleep and also differentiate day from from night. How interesting. I know it's bizarre. Um uh breast milk can, can also help children avoid problems that manifest later in life such as type 2 diabetes and high cholesterol. Um, it's been shown that black people are 2.2 times more likely than white Americans to develop type 2 diabetes and Native Americans are 2.8 times more likely. And black and Native American people um, have the two lowest initiation rates of breastfeeding of all racial and ethnic groups in the U.S. Um, Sorry, can you say that again? 
Yeah. So the initiation part? Um, black and Native Americans uh, have the two lowest initiation rates of breastfeeding of all racial and ethnic groups in the States. What does that mean? Like, less likely to breastfeed, basically. Okay. Um, so I wanted to mention this because... One in five racialized families, so like visible minorities in Canada, are living in poverty in comparison to one in 20 non-racialized families. Furthermore, racialized women in Canada typically earn 32% less at work. Specifically, one in four Indigenous people in Canada live in poverty, and black children in Canada are 2.5 to three times more likely to be living in low-income status. And then in the States, in 2018, the national poverty rate for Native Americans was uh, about 25.4%. And black or African-American poverty rate was 20.8%, while the white population had an 8.1% poverty rate. So yeah, <laughs> this is relevant because um, it's been calculated out that for a mother making $60,000 a year before tax, working 50 hours per week, um, the monetary value of the time spent breastfeeding in the first six months based on the average number and duration of daily feeds is $14,250. Um, so basically like breastfeeding and, or pumping takes like such an incredible amount of time. Yeah. Hours and hours and hours out of your day. Um, and I think this is worth noting because it makes breastfeeding or pumping so much less feasible for low income families. Yeah. And like they don't have access to, um, potentially, you know, like longer maternity leaves, jobs that allow for pumping breaks, um, or the ability to hire outside help to support a new mother. Yeah, so it's a privilege to breastfeed. I think so. Like, economically speaking. Yeah, I believe so. Because I think that, you know, even like, because there is so much stigma, there's so much argument around breast is best and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, yeah, like the the science is, is so interesting and so compelling that, you know, breastfeeding is obviously like great for your child. Um but <laughs> I think it's really, um, it, it, it's become almost this kind of like class issue where, yeah. you know, different demographics are able to breastfeed more easily. Um, and kind of like the argument a lot of the times that comes in is like, well, you can pump. <laughs> but like, <laughs> if you're working a job that doesn't allow for breaks like that. Okay, sorry. So even like my job before this imagine me trying to ask if I can pump in the middle of a bar shift well exactly and I'm a privileged person well and and so so not only like are there people who are in jobs where like you just simply can't have the break to pump um but also if you are somebody that's already a minority um th- that same article was talking about like are these people going to be the people that are more likely to even request breaks for pumping you know what I mean because like you're already at such a disadvantage um that are you going to potentially put your job at risk right just to ask if you can do that when you can formula feed kind of thing yeah um and so yeah I I do I I do believe that it's like a privilege and I think that to shame people for making the decision to not breastfeed I just think there's so many things that go into it that like how could you possibly well and that's the thing I think is like Whenever, whenever there's this like, um, like a one or the other sort of thing, Mm -hmm. you know, we see it with, um, with pro-life and pro-choice. We see it with like, um, veganism versus, um, eating meat and stuff like that. There's just so much more that goes into it that oftentimes like one side doesn't, they don't take note of. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that comes down to privilege, whether that be like economic environment, um, you know 
that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, that aside, we can also talk about um, the rates of like single mothers among different demographics and stuff like like there's just so so it's so much more complex and so much more nuanced than just like you should feed your you should breastfeed because it's what is best for your child kind of thing I I just yeah I don't know um and that uh the book by Angela Garbs she also talks about um how you know it's 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 relative as well like it it you know there is obviously so much science to support breastfeeding but she was like there's a huge difference between um you know a child that's in like an impoverished area who may not have access to clean water and how much they'll benefit from um being breastfed versus like a child who is full term in you know like a western culture they are not in like an impoverished area they have access to like you know their mom has access to like fresh food and like all that kind of stuff like Mm -hmm. it's such a different thing but all of these rates are lumped together obviously in terms of like how beneficial it's going to be for your baby Mm -hmm. um so i just think that that's worth worth noting yeah for sure let me give you some fast facts okay Okay. lightning round (coughs) yeah lightning round me um your blood volume increases by about 50 percent during pregnancy just fucking crazy that is crazy do you feel like heavier with blood but like i mean like blood wise <laughs> bloated like not do you know what i mean like not centralized in this but like arms legs um no but like i know what it feels like to be tired from low iron okay <laughs> and like because your body is producing so much more blood it's taking up so much more iron right and you're so tired from it so it's like not surprising to me so i notice like the impact that way yeah i wonder um, if it increases slowly because like if your blood volume just like suddenly increased by like 50 percent, i feel like you you'd notice you know what's interesting though is like nine months it, it feels like a long time obviously but like that's a pretty short time to go through like oh, growing sure. an organ and a child yeah <laughs> like it's a so full- it, it does happen pretty a full body system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It happens pretty freaking rapidly. Yeah. Um, uh, a person's uterus can expand to over 500 times its normal size during pregnancy. I don't want to think about that because, like, <laughs> I'm hopeful for kids one day. I don't want to think about my uterus getting stretched, <laughs> yeah, stretched quite that wide. To the size of a watermelon. Oh, just, like, ignorance is bliss for me on that one. If I think too much about it, I'll psych myself out. <laughs> it It's... It's wild. Yeah. Have you ever seen like a gif of um like how your organs shift no. during pregnancy? These are things that's ha- something else. Sam, these are things I have to avoid. Okay. Yeah. Like I'll go down a rabbit hole and then I'll feel like completely like disconnected. It is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like incredible, but it's No, for sure. Shocking. Yeah. To see to, to just like look at that and be like, oh. Hmm. My intestines aren't where they once were. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and uh, because of that, actually, um, because your organs are, some of your organs are pushed up and into your rib cage area, um, you can actually get a stress fa- fracture in your ribs from pregnancy, which yeah. I learned recently mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was having such like intense rib pain. And I was like, is this like, what did I do? Like, did I get kicked in the fucking ribs and I didn't notice? Um, <laughs> I didn't notice. And it was like unrelenting for like weeks. I had like the worst rib pain. Like I couldn't like roll over in bed. It was so bad. Um, and so I looked into it and it turns out it's a pregnancy thing, mm-hmm. which a lot of people actually didn't know. I, ta- I did a video talking about having restless leg syndrome and there was a few people that commented being like, oh my God, I didn't know that was a pregnancy symptom. Like I didn't realize. And like, I've been like going crazy from this. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Oh, wild. It turned like basically everything that I've felt wronged by in the past few months. I'm like, oh, turns out it's a pregnancy thing. <laughs> That's fun. Um, uh, at the end of a pregnancy, um, a pregnant person can produces more estrogen in a day than they would normally produce in three years. Okay. <laughs> so that's a lot for it's a lot for one's mental mental faculties and their skin man yeah that's like your skin can change so much during pregnancy and stuff like that and i'm not fucking surprised because you're literally a hormone factory that's a lot i obviously i knew that your hormones changed after pregnancy during pregnancy that much three years yeah like in a day Because that's what I'm thinking, like, about, like, birth control and how much, like, the hormones in birth control can affect you. Like, how much... Don't do that. It's very dangerous to take that much birth control. But, like, how how much birth control would you have to take to... Do you know what I mean? To, like, emulate that that influx? I know. Oof. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, I was already going to be, like, extremely compassionate and everything towards you. But, like, that takes it to another level. (laughs) Like, you need any... You want me to drive across the border which is illegal right now and get you t- breadsticks from target covert mission <laughs> i'll make it happen i won't do that burrow underneath <laughs> the state line um so a lot of people talk about uh food cravings and stuff like that in pregnant women but 30 percent of women have cravings for non-food items during pregnancy interesting like soap chalk paper stones stuff like that I wonder if that's if there's like a, a mineral in those specific ones because like all of those to me I'm thinking like isn't there calcium in those and like zinc is that right? I couldn't tell you. I'm gonna have to fact check that after. Yeah. I probably won't put it in the podcast so you can like I'll, I'll know that you can fact check for yourself. Uh, yeah, I'll know eventually. But that's interesting. Like specifically those items. Have you have you thought about biting a little piece of chalk? No, okay. I haven't. I, I, to be honest though, like I didn't have like a ton of cravings. I really the only craving was crab. Yeah, which is so odd. But like, well, and these screamers are like, it's, oh yeah, yeah, it's an intense. Nom, nom. <laughs> but the crab was like, screamers are just something. Screamers are like Slurpees mixed with ice cream. They're so fucking good. <laughs> um, and I've been like on my little screamer run lately. But um, the that's just like, damn, that tastes good. I want that in my mouth. Yeah, the crab was like unrelenting. Like, every single time I wanted to eat, I was just like, crap. <laughs> like, it was such a weird thing. Uh, um, but, yeah, no chalk cravings for me. Do you know, okay, so out of those, I'm I'm not a pregnant person, but out of those options, like, chalk actually does sound, like, pretty, um, like, that's the one that I would I would think I would veer towards. Because if you think about, like. Oh, I'd go for paper for sure. Pa- oh, just the sound of people, paper. like, putting. <laughs> putting paper between their fingers like I hate I hate the feeling of paper I used to um weird I used to have to I love the feeling of paper Ah! I used used to have to like rub this I'm touching like my pinky side of my hand but I used to have to rub this after I would print because I hated how it felt having my hand on the paper and so I would have to touch my skin so that I would get the feeling of the paper off weird yeah i learn something new about you every day man (laughs) that is fucking weird but like think about like a fresh stick of white chalk from like your your teacher days like we had chalkboards i don't know if they have chalkboards anymore i feel like everything's whiteboards (laughs) but laptops yeah but the chalk when like a teacher would pull out a fresh piece of chalk and write on the chalkboard oh and no even this the sound Mm. and the feeling of pulling chalk out of like a chalk box is disgusting to me the like chalk on chalkboard is like i just yeah fuck chalk actually 
I love it. A fresh piece of chalk. Oh my goodness. No, it's the worst. Drawing with chalk on pavement specifically because pavement's so bumpy and shitty was like the worst, most unsatisfying. Yeah, but drawing on on a fresh chalkboard (sighs) that's like freshly chamoised because we used to have to like brush the Mm. chalkboard and then chamois it so that it was like really clean. clean. Yeah. Why haven't I bought myself a chalkboard and chalk? Because like I, I, I don't like, know. It sounds like a real passion of yours. It really is. And we had this chalkboard when I was really young. It was very like small, but my brother fucked it up. You should, you know what you so should do like is paint a wall with chalk paint. Yeah. Like, you know, on cute pin- like mom Pinterest when they like paint like a wall and they're like, this is our yeah. meals for the week. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah, but I don't have like nice printing or anything like that. Like I just need to be able to like you could learn. play with it. Take chalk calligraphy. <laughs> on Skillshare. Yeah. Not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. Um, this is a weird one. Uh, people over 5'5 five five are more likely to have twins because uh, they have a higher level of a certain protein that's released from the liver that is linked to increased ovulation. Oh. Yeah. You're in that category. Yeah. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. I know that it would be a huge undertaking, okay? I'm not trying to minimize how much work having twins is, but I've always wanted to have twins. Yeah. Like, I really... We know you're a Mary-Kate and Ashley fan. Yeah. Like, and just the bond that twins have. And I always wanted to be a twin. My poor mom, I wouldn't want... I mean, she's five feet, so she doesn't have that increased (laughs) risk. But, um... Like, I wouldn't want to put my mom through that, but, like, I always wanted to be a twin, and I just, oh. But, like, damn. I don't think I would want twins. I mean, if I have twins eventually, of course I wanted you. Um, I don't think I would want twins because I feel like they'd turn against me. I feel like they'd be more likely to be shitheads. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because they'd be, like, conniving with each other. But I I, um, had a roommate who was a twin, and her and her sister and her mom, they're, like, the three amigos, man. They love, they, like, are family through and through okay maybe i will then yeah maybe i will have a twin i don't know (laughs) as if it's a choice um yeah i just pictured like i honestly i already don't know how people are able to have kids at the rate that we're having kids because it's just so unbelievably expensive yeah what the fuck would you do if you had triplets and you had to get three cribs three bassinets three strollers potentially or a stroller that's like a like crazy mutant stroller with three things in it like yeah what the hell? Well, like, yeah, no. It I would mean, be impossible to work. The yes, mm-hmm. the unless only, you were like rich as hell and you could afford like nannies, yeah, au pairs. Mm-hmm. The only reason I think that I could handle having twins now, not like the body aspect, because I think like, oh my goodness, like growing mm. two children. Don't oof. even talk to me about it. But it's because we live in like a family aspect now. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean, like. I'm not saying that you would be, like, my go-to, but I'd, there's, I'd be there. there's more help, you know? We have, like, a whole system going on. Yeah. So. Communal living is key for twins, twins. triplets, and so on. <laughs> um, uh, people that suffer from heartburn during pregnancy are more likely to give birth to a child with a full head of hair. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, this was, like, apparently, like, an old wives' tale, but it's actually been proven true. Um, and it's because they have higher levels of a certain hormone that can result in heartburn and those same same hormones um plays a role in how much hair babies can grow in the room in the womb so your baby probably won't have a whole lot of hair probably not probably be real bald because i didn't have a lot of heartburn (laughs) no yeah how interesting Mm -hmm. okay um the oldest recorded person to have a 
to have a baby was 66. Okay. Uh, so I don't know, maybe like our window of being able to conceive is a little bit larger than we think. I don't know. Um, the longest recorded pregnancy was a year and 10 days. Fuck that noise. Sorry. That gave birth to a live baby? Mm-hmm. I need more information. Do you have more information? I can look it up if you want. I just, I have so many questions. Like, okay. why did they not induce? Was it safe for baby? Um, did, did she give birth, uh, you know, vaginally or was this a C-section? Um, okay. Let me tell you. This was in 1945. Well, that, yeah, okay. Um, so I think her name is pronounced Buela Hunter. Um, she gave birth to a baby girl in Los Angeles in 1945. Um, she weighed 3.14 kg, um, and she grew up to be a perfect, perfectly normal, healthy child. She was more than 100 days overdue. Yeah, and I don't think that they, like, had the same, like, medical options at that time. Like, if you just didn't go into labor, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know? Um, so it says that her pregnancy progressed normally for the first three months, but at the six-month mark, uh, doctors noted some differences. She'd only just started to feel her baby move. Despite the delayed development, the 25-year-old's birth went completely to plan. Um, the doctor who delivered the child was forced to publicly reveal his patient's pregnancy test to the media after the, the story garnered intense criticism. Oh, because they thought that it was, like, for 1945 clout? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and many assumed that she must have just lost her first pregnancy, quickly became pregnant again without realizing it was a new baby. Um, but the doctor produced a test performed in the lab- laboratory dated March 24th, which proved that the woman's menstruation cycle stopped on February 10th. She gave birth the following year on February 21st. But, like, also, like... It doesn't seem like there's a cares? whole... Like, just let her live. Like, let her be. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot about it. I mean, that's enough for me. I just needed to know, like... just. Just anything. Yeah. Yeah. How interesting. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't allow that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not even, like, technically, like, full, full term yet. And I'm like, let's go. Yeah. Um, uh, Turkey has the highest percentage rate of babies born uh, via uh, C-section, 50.4 per 100 live births, while Iceland has the lowest Hmm. of 15.2 per 100 live births. Oh, wow. As of 2015, 17.8% of pregnant women in France smoked into their third trimester. I'm sorry, what year is this? As of 2015, 17.8%. And as a result, hospitals are starting to offer payment vouchers in exchange for participating in um, like a smoking cessation program during pregnancy. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. It's such a culture there though still, hey? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I have the fucking craziest story for you. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I was like going through like all these articles that were like, just like little facts and stuff like that. Um, and then one of the facts was like this story, but they summed it up in like one sentence. And I was like, wait, what the <laughs> fuck? Like what happened here? Okay. So, <clears throat> um, in 1988, a 15 year old girl in South Africa went into the doctor because she was experiencing symptoms of someone in labor. Um, the doctors were confused when they started to examine her because she didn't have a vagina. So she just kind of had like a, like dimple, basically, like there wasn't an actual like opening. Okay. Um, they looked at her hospital records and they noticed that she had been in the hospital 278 days earlier with a knife wound to her stomach. And so pregnancies are typically around 280 days. Um, she was stabbed by her former boyfriend after he walked in on her performing oral, oral sex on her new boyfriend. 
Um, she arrived at the hospital with an empty stomach and therefore um, little stomach acid around it. Um, and doctors found two holes from a stab wound, uh, stab wound that opened uh, her stomach up to her abdominal cavity. I see where this is going. The case report said the doctors washed out her stomach with a salt solution and stitched her up. And so what they think happened is that the sperm was able to gain access to her reproductive organs via the injured gastrointestinal tract. And they delivered the baby by C-section and he's a grown boy now. What? <laughs> Isn't that fucking insane? What are the chances? Um, this girl was 15? Mm-hmm. And she got stabbed by her ex? And then fell pregnant. Jeez. Which, I mean... So much had to come together to make that a thing. Well, and if she wanted to be a mom, then that was... I mean... Silver lining? Like... Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I have very mixed feelings about that. Yeah, well, and in order to, like, gain access to the gastrointestinal... You know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that would have to be, like, a pretty pretty severe wound that you encountered. Yeah. Well, so not ideal. And the article that I read more about it um, talked about how, like, sperm can't survive in, um, uh, I think, like, acidic yeah. environments. But, like, because it's surrounded by ejaculate, it, it kind of, like, protects the sperm. So it's just, like, there's just so many things that had to, like, happen <laughs> for this to take place. Oh, my goodness. Wild. Isn't that crazy? There's a lot of, there's a lot of people, I will say that there's a lot of like doctors that still think that this is like impossible or whatever, but like, I mean, obviously she has a, a kid, a child. Yeah. A child. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. Careful around knife fights, guys. Well, it's just so funny because like in, um, like sex ed, like when they try to scare you and stuff like that, because they're like, you can get pregnant like through genes and stuff like that, which like, wait through like denim jeans yeah 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 okay like scientifically from what i understand yes that's true the chance deeply unlikely the chance do you know what i mean i'm not like yeah you know what i mean don't take advice from me but careful when you're rubbing up on each other with jeans yeah i guess um but like they just never tell you about this (laughs) (laughs) why wasn't i told (laughs) why wasn't i told that if i become a victim of a knife fight that i might fall pregnant (laughs) I have been wronged by society, for one. They told me not to, to <laughs> not to drown. And not, and not to sit on toilet, public toilet seats. <laughs> Nobody told me about the knife fights. <laughs> Just in case. So, so now we've told you everything. Yeah, you're good. You won't be that person that's like, why did nobody tell me this? We told you. Wild. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I, she, did she know she was pregnant? Yeah. Unclear. Yeah. Okay. There's not like a whole lot of information. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what, because I mean, that's, I, I went to school with a person that didn't, didn't know, know they were pregnant. Yeah. And they found out like right before, I think it was like a couple weeks before they were due because they like hit their head. And they went into the hospital and then like they were doing all these tests and stuff like that. And they were like, so you're pre- pregnant. And she was like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. It's so wild. It, I mean, there's a whole sh- friggin' show, show about, about it. it. Yeah. I know a guy who so was. So obviously it happens. I know a guy who was an actor on that show, actually. 
Ugh, really? He, yeah, it's not like his... He didn't have anybody who didn't know they were pregnant. He was just an actor. Dramatic reenactment. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So it's close to home for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were playing Two Truths and a Lie one time, and that was one of his truths. Oh, wow. What a fucking killer yeah. truth. Oh, my God. Wow. He, yeah. like, always gets to, like, pull out all the stops on that one. Yeah. He must win every time. I think he did. I was drunk, so he probably did win. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I have for you. Well, that was illuminating. Yeah. Very interesting ending to the episode, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know? I thought that was a good way to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And how, how far along are you now? Just so just so we can timestamp it. Not timestamp it, but like... 38 weeks and four days. 38 weeks, four days, baby. Yep. But by the time this comes out, you will have a child. Yeah. You know? I mean... They better be. I'm not looking to be that freaking. I'm not looking to trump the year and 10 day pregnancy. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, thank you so much for teaching me. Anytime. Yeah. And Uh, uh, we'll see you guys next time. We'll see ya. Bye.